Welcome to Eclipsed, a heroes podcast where two old school heroes fangirls rewatch the show, talk about it, and defend its honor. My name is Keisha. And I'm Rachel. And this week we are getting into is this the first official like two parter? I think so. Because like the the premiere of season three was a, a double like premiere, but it wasn't actually like part one, part two. This mm-hmm. is the first official part one, part two of Heroes, uh, the Eclipse episodes. So this is part one of the Eclipse. The Eclipse, part one. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Oi, it's here. It's here now. So, <laughs> yep. and everybody is uh, fucked <laughs> in different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh. Who would have thunk that that would have had such an effect? We don't have any new news this week, do we? Nope. Well, <laughs> I was, like, no. I was I'm sitting here thinking, like, no, we really don't. Nope. I was way back machining a bunch of old Heroes websites last night for shits and giggles. Oh, really? Yeah, I was looking up all the old um, Easter egg photos. I thought it might be fun to share them in the um, server. Oh, okay. Because okay. I figured out how to do it. And I was like, oh, cool. Ah, excellent. Some good behind-the-scenes stuff. Some of it from uh, right where we're at, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, uh, not uh, not a damn thing going on in the world that's heroes related. Plenty going on in the world, nothing heroes related. So <laughs> yeah, uh, should we just dive into it then? Hell yeah, let's get going. <sighs> All right, so we kick off the episode with several new pieces of artwork. Hey, um. As the camera pans across them, and I as I pause them all individually, we can see that there's a couple of dudes falling out of the sky, so Nathan's probably one of them. Um, somebody kissing somebody. It looks like Siler. Look at the brow. Um, probably probably L, because, you know, he was with L in the last couple episodes. Um, while holding a gun, which is interesting, um, we see... <laughs> How do you describe them in the cornfield, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> Three chuckle fucks in a cornfield? Thank you. Um, which, uh, <laughs> if you look pretty closely, it looks like mm, Parkman, Hero, and Ando. That's a weird trio. And there's a cabin in the background. Like a little farmhouse. And we see what is clearly... I like how the uh, most of the drawings are like, who's that supposed to be? Oh, okay. Like, context clues. That looks like this person. Whereas, no one looks more like they're drawing than fucking Noah Bennett. Like, that's him. Mm-hmm. There's no denying or questioning or doubting. Like, that's HRG holding, uh, it looks like Claire, and she's bloodied and not looking good. And, uh, yeah. So we see Arthur's drawing these in a frenzy, in a white-eyed frenzy. And we cross-cut this with a lot of different things. So we see, like, him doing that. And then we see Angela over at Primatech in her office looking at a framed photo of the whole family. And she looks outside of her window and she sees, you know, that there's an eclipse coming in the sky. And that transitions over to the eclipse in the comic book that Hero was holding. And we see uh, Arthur drawing the eclipse and he's very concerned about it. And so that's the first little part. Lots of Eclipse stuff and new new art. Yay, Tim Sale continuing to get work on this show. Yeah. Artist All with the Mohinder log running over it that mm-hmm. we... That I didn't write <laughs> any again. of it down. <laughs> no. <laughs> blah, blah, fate, destiny, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, I don't know, man. They're all the same, mostly. Um, Yeah, so 
What do we think about those drawings, right? Any any comment about what we've seen? I think Siler's usually pretty distinct, and so is Hero as well. Yes, they're easy to figure out. The others are just, like, context clues of, like, who's missing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, that's Nathan falling out of the sky, but, like, who's with him? Peter, maybe? Because Peter would mm-hmm. be with him, but it doesn't look like Peter, in my opinion. So It doesn't look like Nathan, either. It's just two no, people falling doesn't. from the no, sky, so yeah. So you're just like, well, he flies. What if he couldn't fly? <laughs> that's probably Nathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's our like our little intro with the uh, with the Mohinder log. But the actual like first scene scene of the episode, um, we see Siler and he's practicing on his sharpshooting with his fancy new electricity power. And Elle's there, and she's you know kind of helping him and, and and you know cheering him on as it were because he's not as great at it as he would like to be, and so he's not used to this like practice thing again, <laughs> and that's kind of throwing him off. Um, like I said to Rachel when I was watching the episode, I was like, isn't it funny that he could be practicing this on any number of materials in this whole building, and he chose to go into the supply room and fucking destroy the lab equipment, the very <laughs> same lab equipment that one Mr. Dr. Suresh would need to do his research. <laughs> so he's just breaking beakers and stuff, just completely at will. I love it. I love that. I like to think he did on purpose. I guess they might have a lot at yeah, that facility. Probably, but uh, it just makes me happy to think of him being like, fucking Mohinder, smash. <laughs> <laughs> Do your research now. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. So he's getting frustrated, and he says he's eager to prove himself. And it's like, to who, and to what, and to why, and to how. And Arthur strolls in, and he gives Gabriel an assignment. He wants him to find Claire and bring her back because, as you recall, everybody thinks that she's the catalyst that can make the formula work to give people powers. Elle decides that she's going to be joining them because it, I mean, it makes sense. She was raised to be a company girl. Like, God, let her help. She's experienced in this regard. <laughs> and uh, when when she decides to join up, he's like, are you okay with this, Dad? Like... How do we feel about that? How do we feel about him being like, (laughs) just that sentence? I was like, I can't decide how sincere he is when he says it. He seems pretty sincere at the moment. Like, well, it's like you want to take that he's implying the person he's trying to like um, prove something to is Arthur. Yeah, but I don't think it is. (laughs) I know. I don't think it is either. But like (laughs) you and I have fully talked about for a decade that we don't think it's Arthur. We think it's his other wannabe dad. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, we get into much later. But yeah, so <laughs> Arthur's like, hmm, am I okay with this? It's a good pairing. Wink. It's it's a fucking <laughs> wink to the fan service of the people who paired those two, Siler and Elle. And they're like, all right, let's go get the cheerleader. Ah. It's a good pairing. You want to know what's a bad pairing? Those frisky <laughs> little Mylar people. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. We... We're, we're breaking that. Oh, my God. So, see, yeah, symbolically, it's like, oh, fuck. Fuck this research equipment of, of like, a science lab. Like, no, we need... Put L with Siler. There we go. That works. Can't have the a other good thing. good pairing. Can't have that, as Arthur would say. <laughs> a good pairing. 
Um, yeah. So they have a, a mission and an objective, and they're going to work together, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out, because this is a very different sort of thing for Gabriel to do, because the last time that he had, like, a company mission kind of thing, he was working with Bennett, and now he'll be basically on his own, and with Elle, who is not always uh, the most uh, stable of individuals. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we go back over to Primatech. And Claire and Angela are walking down the hallways together. And <laughs> Claire's so funny. Because, again, everyone thinks she's the catalyst. And she's like, oh, why is it always me? Because, like, yeah, <laughs> she went from the cheerleader in the paintings to, uh, you know, the healing blood besides Monroe in season two to, mm-hmm. like, this. So she has a point. And Angela's like, well, I have a plan to keep you safe. And, you know, we're going to figure everything out. We're going to stop my husband. Nathan is going to go to Haiti to try to find the Haitian, because if you recall, he's MIA. Uh, Matt is going to locate Hiro Nakamura, because we need him, because he's very, you know, powerful. And uh, Claire, your whole entire objective is just, like, don't get caught for once, okay? Like, just stay out of the way. And, of course, she gets all pissy about that. And Angela's like, no, no, you're going to be off the grid. Like, I, I have a plan. I have it figured out. And they go down to level five together, and Claire's just, what are you going to do? Lock me up? And, uh... She should have. And so this would have been great. Uh, we see Doyle ugh, in his cell and uh, Danny, who you recall from the villains episode. He's still there. The caller that uh, Meredith and uh, Thompson got. And they're just waiting. They're just waiting to cause havoc, you know, some some other day. And who strolls up? But, oh, it's her dad. It's, it's Noah. He's going to be part of this. Hey, here he is in the present, missing for a few episodes, but he's back. Missing for a while, but here he is. Back, back, back again. Catching Danny, as it would seem, as he was leading him into the cell, I believe. Mm. Yes, I didn't even think of that, but I think you're right. Oh, Danny. You and your metal arm. (laughs) He's been out mopping up the level five mess right now. Oh, yeah, no joke. And then we pop on over to Peter and Nathan. So Peter and Nathan are outside of Primatech. Why would they be at Pinehurst? They're not. They're at Primatech. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Nathan's getting all ready to go. And Peter is like, ah, he's being a little brother tugging his sleeve. Like, let me come with you. And so Nathan's just like, mm, ah, come on. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into that. Like, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> and Peter's like, come on, like, he's... Okay, the thing I love about Peter in this episode is Nathan, it seems like, was just told, like, here's a map, find the Haitian in this country, and bring him back. Whereas it seems like Peter actually read it, like, he read the file, and he's like, "Here, this is what he's doing, and this is where we are, and these are all these cultural things. Like, I love how prepared he is in comparison to Nathan, who's just like, mm-hmm. surgical strike, you know? And Peter's like, no, we have to be prepared. Uh, so we find out that the Haitian is in Haiti to hunt down uh, Baron Samdi, who is a level five escapee. And Nathan's just like, oh, I'm not going down there to save the country, Pete. Like, I'm just going to find the Haitian and bring him back. That's all I'm doing. It's not going to be a big thing. You're going to make this a big thing. And Peter's super bummed. He doesn't have his abilities anymore. And he's feeling purposeless. And you can tell Nathan just wants to tell him to screw, but he can't because he has a hard time saying no to his baby brother. And so he's like, oh, come on. And he grabs onto him and whoosh, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> They're just 
not even coy about it anymore. They're just like, piggyback on. Let's do this. <laughs> Petrelli air away. Ding. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's some spiciness between Peter and Nathan. Like, from the start. I think it's very spicy in this episode. Like, I feel like this episode is super important to what happens down the line. Yeah, definitely setting up stuff to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's Mohinder doing? Well, he's doing research. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> By dissecting the man that he put out of his misery after experimenting on him with the formula. Buh from the past episode. So he's pulling out inside, you know, doing like an autopsy on the man. And we see that Mohinder's scales are getting worse. Poof. Like one peeled off on the inside of his glove. It's like nasty. Ugh. And Mohinder is like upset and he goes to Arthur like, I need that catalyst. You promised me. I need it. You promised. You like totally promised me that I'd have the catalyst. Where is it? <laughs> and classic bitch fit moment where he just storms into the room he's there's nothing for him to throw or else something would have been tossed <laughs> yes yes and arthur's like yeah we got other things happening right now and he points out the drawings to mohinder specifically the claire's death drawing because surely mohinder would look at that solid one like why well, saw out smooching some broad but you know <laughs> He's just like, he just like hides that one under like several others. Like, these two have a weird thing and I'm not going to let him get distracted by it. <laughs> Why is Siler out there anyway? <laughs> yeah. So he sees the picture of Claire seemingly dead in um, HRG's arms. And Mohinder also sees the Eclipse one. And he's like, well, I, you know... Maybe the eclipse is the cause of it, because as he said before, there was a manifest during the last one. Mm-hmm. So perhaps there's something to do with that now. There's like three different characters who say a version of that in the episode out loud. <laughs> They're all like trying to reason it out, which we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, and he shows Mohinder another drawing that we have not seen, which is apparently Mohinder like webbed to a wall, seemingly dead. And Mohinder's like, oh God, we've got to, we really need that. Like, I'm going to die. <laughs> And everything is going to change today because, ooh, that eclipse be coming. Whoosh heroes. Oh, boy. Yeah, I like how he's like, you know, if the Claire dies, you know, Claire dies and the Catalyst dies with her. And Mahinder's just like, <laughs> he couldn't give a good goddamn about her anymore. He's just like, oh, no hope of me being cured. Uh, mm-hmm. No hope of me being hot again, except to a very small, very particular portion of the internet. So... <laughs> something out there for everyone um so <laughs> yeah like that was enough motivation like oh this girl she might be in danger no it's like yeah look you're fucking pasted to a wall somewhere it's just like that gets him to care yeah it's just interesting how his morality is just like fucked now his compass got like dropped it sure did and siler stepped on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did so. But we don't talk about them anymore. We're not. We're not doing. No. The show has decided we're not doing that. So they're not a good pairing. I guess not a good anyway. pairing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to mm-hmm. Matt and Daphne, hey, who are in New York in Mohinder's apartment. I guess you know that's still around. Yeah. And Daphne is throwing a fit because she doesn't want to go get a hero because, as you remember, way earlier in the season, Nemesis and all that. Hmm. And she's also stressed out about Arthur and what he could do to take her stuff away. And she's also having an identity crisis because she's like, I'm a, 
a liar, a thief, a betrayer. Like, everything is in her head right now. Mm-hmm. And that's like, listen, I still trust you completely. Like, I've seen you. I know you. And she's like, you don't really know me. And he's like, well, just just calm down. We still we have to find Hero first. Like, how hard can that be? And then, knock, knock. There's a knock on his door. They open it. And who should be standing outside but Ando and Hero? Convenient. Who followed the comic that they picked up in a couple episodes back. And that's how they got there, because there's a little scene of them at the doorstep. And Anna's like, yes, this is how we got here. It's this Japanese comic. And, like, Hiro totally thinks he's ten right now. (laughs) So we need your help. Because the comic says you can fix it. And Hiro is also, like, dancing at the door because he has to use the bathroom. (laughs) And Anna's like, not Anna, but uh, Matt picks up on that. And he's like, just go in and use the bathroom. And it's kind of like, oh, Lord, like, one of the most powerful people is, like, thinking he's ten. We're all going to die. Uh, yeah, and also, as we further expand on later, like, he can't express himself the same because he doesn't know that much English. Mm-hmm. So, he can't even say he has to go to the bathroom. That's not good. No. Ando is basically his interpreter. <laughs> yes. To a harsher degree than he was in season one. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love how Matt's, like... You know, when when they're doing the whole, like, ah, oh, you don't know me, like, back and forth that they keep doing. And Matt's like, we had a life together. And she's, like, in a dream. And he's like, um, it was a spirit walk. Hello. It's <laughs> <That's> much truer. <laughs> it was a glimpse into a pocket future that probably isn't happening anymore. But, you know. The doy. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I saw. <laughs> Those crazy kids. They are. What's uh what's Bennett's big bad plan to keep Claire safe? Well, he's taking her to Stephen Canfield's house. <sighs> it's it's <laughs> and Claire is also like, how is this gonna keep me safe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's the perfect hideout apparently, and uh, Claire is still pissy with Noah. And she's like, I get it. I know. You'll do whatever it takes to keep the catalyst safe. Which is kind of rude because, like, you know, you are his daughter and he has very much made a point that he has protected you for the past two plus seasons now. Oh my god, right? Like, where does she get off doing that? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no, I just want to keep you safe. It's like, it's a very short little scene of them getting to the Canfield house. Mm Mm-hmm. But but why, though? Why that house? Like, why... It's just an interesting choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't know. There's a weird part of me even that's like, does he think you know who's going to show up? Possible. Like, because they both know that place? Possible. Like, what? what is he trying to but, accomplish by doing it there? It's, but it's what would possess you know who to even go there? I don't know. But I, I, I've always been like, why? That's a weird, that's a random thing to do. Like, they want to reuse the set? Well, obviously, yes, but it's not a storytelling level. Like, why? I guess it's like... Because it's abandoned and they won't have anyone come in to... I don't know, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I still can't tell if she has the wig on yet because it looks like real hair in this episode. I know that's not the fugitive's wig. The fugitive's wig is very, very obvious. I don't know. It looked weird in the last one. That's all I'll say. I don't know. I was just staring at it real good when they were outside the house. Like, I don't yeah. know if it's a wig. I do not know. That's my that's my Hayden Panettiere wig update. 
The most important part of the episode. Uh, yeah, obviously. We should, like, mark it for people to just go right to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So back to Matt and oh, Hero Daphne, that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Matt's trying to read Hero's mind, and all he's getting back is Japanese. And we don't even know what Hero's saying, because the subtitles are in Japanese. Yeah. So we are as clueless as Matt as to what Hero has on his mind. Which is a fun choice. Yeah. To not, like, translate it, you know, in the subtitles. No, just to be like, no, this is Japanese. This is fully Japanese. Mm-hmm. We're just Matt we're in Matt's position. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while he's doing that, Daphne has a great interaction with Ando. The whole, hmm, aren't you dead? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Hero kill you? I guess not. Hmm. And Ando's like, you'd like that nemesis. I'm, and she's like, no, I'm a good guy now. <laughs> so they're having their little back and forth tit for tat. Her cute and Matt, little, like, scouts on her thing. Yeah, like, mm, I'm good. And Matt comes over like, I am not sure what I can do here. I don't think I can get him back to normal. We we get to see Hero with the turtle, and the turtle's bobbing its head, and so is Hero. So he's, like, vibing with the turtle. <laughs> I love it, vibing with the turtle. <laughs> God damn. Matt is like, I don't know what we can do here. And Andal's like, the comic said you could fix him. And during all of this, Daphne freaks out again. And... She's like, I gotta go. I just gotta get out of here. I need to go. And Matt's like, why? And she's like, you paused when you said that you trusted me. And he's like, I didn't pause. And she's like, well, I'm a speedster and every second feels like a year. So, like, you paused. And as she's leaving, he gets into her head and he pulls out Lawrence, Kansas. And he hears her say it's her home. And she's like, get out of my head. And she zips off. And when she zips off, Hero sees it and he loves it. He's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, yep. He that's is... what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, like, that's a power, not this stupid time and space thing. Gosh. <laughs> not this thing that makes me arguably the most powerful character on the show. I want it mm-hmm. really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where we leave those guys off. The way Matt is acting toward Daphne this episode, it's not a good look. <laughs> that's all I'll say. He's been doing that for, like, the past however many episodes. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to complain about it every week. I want to, you know, do it when I feel like it needs to be said the most. And, like, she even dropped the love you bomb in the episode before. Mm. And now she's, like, kind of, like, backtracking off of that again, having a crisis of faith. Which, like, it makes sense, I guess, when you see the full picture by the end of the episode with what she's going through um but uh, yeah i don't know i feel like a lot of characters in this episode take a sharp right in terms of like personality and the way they interact with certain people yeah i could see that i could absolutely see that and da- it feels like daphne had been building up to something and now she's suddenly like you turn yeah like I- i'll be eager once we're done talking about like the plot to actually get into okay what you're what you're saying right now about how this episode is uh, really interesting in that it, it seems to make a lot of characters act differently than they have been. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for what? So, yeah. Um, I feel like, well, yeah, we'll, ta- we'll talk about them. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about my theory as to why, but yeah. Cool. I'm sure you have a very similar <laughs> idea as to why, so. Oh, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So, when we meet back up with Siler and Elle on their little mission to get Claire... Uh, well, they have to get a car first, you know, can't just be walking around places. So, Siler's updating Arthur on their mission status, and Elle's like, oh, thanks, I hate it. Um, she, she's not, she's not into this, like, little, little company boy, like, Gabriel type of thing. She's like, mm, no. 
And so Siler's like, all right, so here's the deal. I feel like I know how Bennett thinks. And I think I know where he would try to hide her. And so I, I, I think I know where we can try to go find Claire. But they can't do that until this damn rental car guy comes up to the counter. There's no one in the in the office. And Elle's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So see, that's probably because I told him you were a serial killer and you kidnapped me. And he's just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like the, look, <laughs> the looks he gives her throughout this scene. Oh, it's wonderful. It's what I was talking about where it's like Quinto and Belle being friends just just elevates the shit out of all this so much. They mm-hmm. they have such a good rapport. And um, she claims she's doing this to help him because like, fuck the company, you know, fuck the company. Fuck Pinehurst. Honestly, fuck these agendas. They're away from it. Like, they don't need orders. They have superhuman powers. Dude, they can live how they want. And she's just basically like, let's just, let's just think about us, you know? Let's not care about anyone else. Let's live our lives and take what we want and, and have an awesome, fun, wacky, you know, Bonnie and Clyde time. And lo, a thousand self-insert fix were born on that day. And we remember <laughs> that day. And... <laughs> Am I wrong? And so... <laughs> Siler's like, okay, now this is some bullshit. Like, uh, I I just, we need to stay focused. And he's annoyed with her and he goes to drag Elle to the door. But the guy fucking pops back up and he's got a a shotgun and he's trying to be a hero. And it's like, "Mm, you know how Siler deals with those, right? He doesn't, he's not a fan. And the guy calls him a serial killing scum of the earth, which love it. And Elle's back there all smirky after she's like, oh, thank you. You saved me to the guy. And she's just like, come on, Gabriel. They're all trying to make you into something. A Boy Scout, a monster. Like, who are you really? And that fucking sentence is just like the entirety of Siler's journey throughout the rest of the show and before and forever. He's constantly in an identity crisis. He doesn't need somebody poking at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's at this, you know, they've re-met each other at this point in his life where he's vulnerable to that kind of thing. And so the rental car guy is really feeling himself on this day. He's just like, oh, I'm saving the day. He's like, I'm, I'm going to be famous. And I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm a cool dude. And he whacks Siler in the face with a shotgun, which, oh, that's a bad idea. Um... <laughs> So he whips his face back around and his the mark that it left him is, is healing right in front of this guy's face. And um, when the guy was like, oh, I'm a hero, I'm a hero. Siler totally like practically looks at the camera and he's like, I hate heroes. <laughs> and he's going to deal with that. <laughs> and it's like, OK, but L is playing a very dangerous game here, too. It's kind of like what Arthur was doing by bringing up the daddy card. She's trying to keep, you know, the Siler out of Gabriel, the, the Siler trademark out of Gabriel Gray. And it's like anybody who does that needs to watch their ass mm-hmm. because he can't control that. And I'm not even talking about the hunger and all that. Like he indulges in that way too fucking much. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting to see her trying to play up this like natural born killers, Bonnie and Clyde kind of story angle with with uh, with Siler. And it's like, ah, it's a bad idea, bud. I don't think that's going to end well for anybody. <laughs> Mm-mm. Ask Virginia how that shit goes when he gets real into himself. Like, oh, wait, you can't. 
Any any comments on this amazing scene? Oh, I had another thing to say about these two. <laughs> continue, continue. So so the drama, like, uh, don't they kind of remind you of like a couple you would see who one of them would like like Elle would probably go if they were out at a bar and like flirt with a guy, and then Gabriel would have to go kick that guy's ass. And it's like, that guy had nothing to do with anything. They just love the drama so fucking much. So, like, after he kicks this stranger's ass for, you know, so-called flirting with his girl, and then they, like, fuck in the bathroom. Like, they're just a drama couple, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just what they are, and that's mm-hmm. totally what their whole pairing is. <laughs> they just, they have, you know, casualties in their wake, just because they both love the drama so goddamn much. Yeah. That's what she'd like. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he lets himself get talked into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I think he'll realize that's not what he wants. But right now it's exciting to him. But yeah. Any 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 comments about oh, those not two? Yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you say about Elle later. I really am. Because, <laughs> like, I get her whole, like, nah, fuck companies thing. Like, I get that. Um, that, yeah. Well, that she- whole... The whole antic right here with her mm-hmm. telling the guy that, like, oh, it's a serial killer. It's very season two L. Yes. And I thought we'd gotten further than that. Like, couldn't she have just, like, walked out after they got out of there? Like, she got Gabriel on the o- on his own. Just mm-hmm. be like, listen, you don't need to do this. We can go do other shit. <laughs> yes. I'm away from, you know, you, you and daddy. Um, yes. We can go do our own thing. We don't have to listen to them. Yeah. But no, instead she takes the more manipulative route. Like, oh, let's see what you can, what you're going to do to him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, he doesn't, I don't know. It, it, I feel like maybe she thought she was trying to remind him of how powerful he is and how he maybe. doesn't need to, need to fucking fuck around with anybody or their, like, expectations or social norms or anything. But it does come off very season two L who is undercooked as a character, if mm-hmm. I may. It's 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 always been an interesting scene. I think the fandom always took it kind of interestingly. Like I said, it was real easy to do them self insert fix after that. You know, just, you know, just push all aside. <laughs> Plenty of people did, but yeah. Siler and insert you here. <laughs> <laughs> Siler X reader on Ao3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh shit! So Mohinder back in his lab. He's really he's deteriorating fast. He's, like, super sick. He's coughing. He's raspy. Kind of like future Mohinder. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super sticky. Like, holy shit. His hands are, like, sticking to the fucking desktop, like, like Peter Parker style in the beginning of Spider-Man. It's it's a real problem. Yeah. They just show him for a minute to be like, remember Mohinder? He's not doing well. <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing great. He's not having the best day. And he's yeah. ruminating over the eclipse as well. <laughs> He is, he is, he's doing that, that whole thing, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So that's just, like, a quick little bit, but we go back over to Canfield's old house, and Claire and Noah are there, and Noah hands her a plank of wood, and he's like, hit me with this, and she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you want to be trained, so let's do it. Which is so great, because, like, we've seen moments of this in the graphic novels, like, with the Hannah Gittleman stuff. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Bennett in this uh, way. So he, she's just like, oh, is this how you get over your guilt? Like, what, what are we doing, Dad? Kind of thing. And, and she's, again, very full of herself because of some initial early lucky successes. 
Because she's like, dude, I caught the puppet guy. Like, I got this. And he's like, uh, you got lucky. And you almost got your mom killed. And he just calls her out. And frankly, someone should. Um, mm-hmm. Just saying that, you know, she's acting like a girl that can't get hurt. So she's being stupid and rash, basically. So she's like, I'll hit you if that's what you want. Like, fine, fuck it. And so she tries to go for him. And he easily avoids it. And he, like, you know, wraps his arms around her. Like, he basically, like, pins her down. And uh, he's like, no, you're clumsy, you're slow, and you're obvious. Like, you got to put your body weight into it. You know, this is how you need to do it. And he lets go of her, and he's like, all right, let's do this again. And she's like, like what, what, you know, like, what is this? What are we doing, you know? And he's like, come on, it's simple. It's like baseball. Just put your body weight into it, and, you know, this will go better next time. So they're doing, like, a little, like, fun little, like, training moment, and also kind of, like, hashing out some other shit from the season. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he has every right in the world to call her out. Um, She's really been sitting around acting like, yeah, like he said, like a girl that can't get hurt. I think that pretty much nails it. Yeah. I can't get hurt, so I'm just going to dive right in and, you know, do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not going to learn nothing and uh, it'll be okay because I can't be killed. It's like, yeah, but other people can. She seriously came so close to, you know, losing Sandra or Meredith in that Eric Doyle scene. Like, Mm -hmm. She needs to realize that shit. She got lucky the bullet wasn't like the first one. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She got um, unlucky when she tripped with uh, Flint and Knox. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could pick out a couple other moments where she's, you know, done stuff and gotten lucky or unlucky. Yep. Where it could have been skilled and she wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, the whole Siler thing, she defended herself the best she could, but... Mm-hmm. To be fair, not a lot of people can post up to him and, and survive. So. No, that's a that's whole other thing, basket you know? of eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after that, we go back over. There's a lot of just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in this episode. Um, so we see Tracy for the first time this episode. Hey, what's up? And she, I like how she's being a double agent and she's just not even trying to hide it, really. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. She's not being subtle or like sneaky about anything. She's just fully sitting in Angela's office, like taking a call from Arthur She's telling him what Nathan's up to and where he's at. And Arthur's like, yeah, well, you know, he's looking at all the eclipse shit. He's like, "Eh, there's some things I can't control, you know? Uh, I think it's time for Nathan to see how the world really is. Which we don't really get to see what he's talking about in this episode, but very much in part two. Mm -hmm. Nathan's little, like, wake-up call, which is a huge, huge chunk of what leads us to not only the end of season three, but the beginning of, uh, or the end of volume three but the beginning of volume four the haiti trip is like a really big deal to nathan honestly like Mm -hmm. um yeah so he tells tracy he's like i need you to go to paris island like use your you know your contacts your connections get get there and we find out if you don't already know paris island is a marine training facility interesting and she's like huh so arthur's like hey every war needs an army and Angela's just, like, right there while she's on the phone, and, you know, and she gets off the phone, and she's like, ah, oh, Washington, D.C., am I right? Oh, there's always stuff happening. And uh, no rest for the wicked. And Angela's like, mm, yeah, indeed, I can see that. Like, she doesn't trust her. Like, and she shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only time Tracy's in this episode. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Just a quick little moment from her. In there for two seconds. Yep. Gotta get that, you know, series regular appearance, so. It could be, you could also take that to be like, maybe that's how they know where Claire is. Like, she overheard it and passed it along. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. That's true, too. 
would be my guess. Like she overheard stuff and then is passing it along to Arthur. So oh, that's a yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. That's probably honestly what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little spy in the house of Pinehurst. Prime taxi. Now I did it. <laughs> I hate that they're both peas. I hate it so much. That's the problem is because they're both peas. (laughs) Spy in the house of Primatech. Indeed. (sighs) So what's going on over in repetitive storyland? I mean, Kansas. We're not in Kansas yet. Um, so they're still in the Hunter's apartment and Matt's like, we need to go to Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas. And Hero's like, Lawrence, Kansas, because he points out in the comic they actually go to Lawrence, Kansas. Mm. And they're like, okay, can you take us there then, Hero? And he's like, oh, easy. And so he teleports them there. And Matt's like, okay, they're in a cornfield. And he's like, oh, I can hear her thoughts in the house. I have to go. I must go to her. I must go to Daphne. And as they start to move toward the the house, the eclipse takes hold. Oh, shit. It's starting. Oh, shit. We see Arthur knock drawings over. Uh, we see Mohinder stuck to a wall, like the drawing where he's all, like, cocooned to a wall. Um, we see the brothers falling from the sky, like the drawing. And we see that Siler and Elle picked up a car, and they are skedaddling from what is surely a crime scene. <laughs> what is surely a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and we also Jesus. see Claire continuing to practice her swing in Stephen Canfield's house with yep. her father. Breaking all those boards. So the eclipse has begun. Oh, no! Mm-hmm. Everything's changed. Yep. So we come back from that. Okay. And Mohinder, like, wakes up. And <laughs> what's, he, what's he do? <laughs> he... Wriggles out of his little cocoon, sticky and naked, but with a whole lot less scales. I did a splash. <laughs> so he's back um, to normal, seemingly? If, if I could just be a thirsty bitch for a second, mm-hmm. just on behalf of the people who were big fans of Mohinder back in the day. Um, which we very controversially were uh, accused of not being, if you recall. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you can fully see side butt in that scene, so... Yes. This is why they had to air at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be having the family hour with slimy side butt. <laughs> no, it just sliding right on off off a freaking wall cocoon. Oh my god. Reborn, so if you will. Much. Uh, and we see Nathan no, and, go ahead. No, just like he's in his cocoon and now he's hot again, so Yeah. <laughs> he's a butterfly again, yes. He is a butterfly. Yeah. Yes. It's good. I love it. <laughs> Little Indian butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Nathan and Peter um, getting out of the water that they conveniently fell into. Luckily, luckily they didn't throw it out over land. Sorry. Oh my god. This was this whole fucking episode becomes a thirst trap in like the last bit. <laughs> like the moment Mohinder slides out of the cocoon, it becomes something else, man. <laughs> Shit goes sideways, my dude. Like, oh, Nathan and Pete are soaking wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gotta strip down. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, back to the scene. <laughs> Dials the thirst down, like, a tiny bit. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it is, it is. So, they get out of the water, and Nathan's all like, well, I can't find out. I don't know what the hell that was. 
<laughs> and Peter's all, well, wasn't there an eclipse when you flew the first time? <laughs> and Nathan's like, well, maybe because we're here for the Haitian, he saw us coming and did it. It's not a terrible instinct, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe it's not the eclipse, Peter. Gosh. But also, he just feels a need to disagree and argue with Peter all day today. <laughs> that is a fact. He is a real bitch today. Oh my god, okay. Yes, he so is. So, they're walking into the jungle, and they see these dolls in the trees, and Nathan's like, what are these, voodoo dolls? And Peter's like, no, they're not voodoo dolls, they're like, Pwen, I believe is what it is. Because he read the fucking research folder! Mm -hmm. And they're like, um, what did you say, like, they were like, offerings, like, wishes and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. They then argue... (laughs) <laughs> over which way the village is. Peter's like, it's this way. I see it on the map. And it's like, no, I totally flew over and the village is over this way. And Peter's like, classic. Um, but the map. <laughs> and Nathan's like, no, we're coming with me. So Nathan's pretty much has to follow. I mean, Peter has to follow Nathan off into the way he wants to go. Because he uh, knows it all. Because he flew on over. And Peter's like, you were falling when you flew over. Are you positive it's... <laughs> I love that. I love when he calls him out. He's like, um, your sense of direction would be off. Mm-hmm. Two bitchy brothers in the jungle. God, honestly. Yeah, Nathan, like, Nathan fully is just, like, bitchy from the start in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it only gets worse. Oh, yes. Back in Kansas, Matthew is knocking on Daphne's door, and a man answers and is like, she's not here. And he's like, no, I know she's in there. And she yells from inside the house go away matt <laughs> and so matt's like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna you're gonna he's like looks at the guy and he's like you're gonna let me in <laughs> and the guy's like are you trying to intimidate me and matt tries again he's like you're gonna let me in like he's trying mm-hmm. to get in his head and the guy's just like um why are you making that face at me sir because what's your problem son oh it's such good i love mm-hmm. it and this man is obviously daphne's father so mm. he comes to the realization, oh man, my powers are gone. So he backs off and he relays this information to Hero and Ando and Hero tries to teleport and he can't. He's like, oh, mine are gone too. And uh, while they're out there realizing, well, they can't do shit right now. Ando's like, oh, this is me every day. But, you know, the other two are a little upset. <laughs> Ando, Ando's like, it's a little dark out, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of shady. Um, <laughs> we go inside and we see Daphne is in her room on her bed and... Apparently she's been gone for a long time and she's like, I know, but I'm not feeling okay. And it's happening again. And he's sorry about it. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, do you still have them? And he's like, I do. I'll go get them for you. And he walks off to go get whatever she's asking him to go get. So we're about to find out why Daphne is so afraid of Arthur. Yes. And the idea of not having her power. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Again, Matt is really just like, she told you she needed space, bud. You're not, I, uh, I don't like how he handles it. And like, Ugh, let me in the house. I must speak to her. And she's like, go away. Yeah. She's like, no. How about no? And he's like, no, no, no. You don't know what's good for you. I know what's good for you. Like, nah, I don't, uh, it's not a good look. It's not yeah, a good look. Yeah. Terrible look. No, yeah. Borderline West Rosen. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but you're not wrong. Hey, Matt, remember how we gave you a free pass in season two to say you weren't our least favorite character then? Well, it's starting to come around that volume three, maybe you're going to end up on the bad list again. 
Oh, shit. So. Well, he's got a lot of work to do to not get on that list, but mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, he's probably going to be on that list. Anyway, <laughs> um, so back in the jungle, <laughs> Nathan and Peter nearly go over a goddamn cliff because Nathan just knew it had to be that way. <laughs> And Peter very correctly calls him out for not even admitting he took them the wrong way when they decide to turn around. And he's like, you gotta stop treating me like your idiot kid brother. And Nathan just snaps at him like, oh, you read the map right. Congratulations. What a fucking Goodness. 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 The boys are fighting. He's like, I only brought you here to protect your fragile ego. And he's like, I've been saving your ass my entire life. And he, you know, brings up the fucking... The, the bit where he flew up to save him from the alleyway in season one, the Kirby Plaza stuff. Like, oh, shit. And he's like, you want my respect? You want my approval? Earn it. And Peter's like, why would I want your respect? You're a puppet. Oh, my God. You guys, <laughs> calm down. I don't like it when you fight. And it's so obvious that Arthur being alive again is dredging up all these old resentments and issues. And it makes you wonder... If outside of the the flashbacks that we've seen, if this is actually a little bit more what it might have been like sometimes. I dare say probably. Because, yeah, Arthur is a really terrible influence on Nathan. Nathan does whatever Arthur wants. And so Peter's upset that he, you know, he tells him, he's like, in the future, you choose dad. And Nathan's like, well, I'm trying to stop him right now. So clearly that's not what's happening. And as they're arguing, they run right into the Haitian. Hey, they found him. Good job. He's right there. <laughs> He's just there, like, shushing them, like... <laughs> like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> As they're having this, like, loud little, like, whisper yell fight. Like, over a cliff, which I'm sure is, like, echoing off into... Right? <laughs> Jesus. Yep. So, yeah, somebody pissed at Nathan's uh, fucking Cheerios this morning, but Peter's not taking it. Good for him. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, back at the Stephen Canfield house of, you know... The, what the, like the Noah Bennett dojo like what am I gonna call it I gotta call it something <laughs> um, Noah and Claire are training still and he's you know telling her to like tap into that anger like swing at me and she's really getting tired which is great because it's kind of like what we saw with Meredith like yeah you can't be hurt but bitch you don't have the endurance mm-hmm. you know you have to build that shit and so she has this, like, really heartbreaking moment where she talks about his business trips and how whenever he came home, she'd hug him really tight because she didn't want him to leave again. And like, why'd you always leave? And I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty emotional there, mm-hmm. honestly. That's uh, really getting at some stuff. And, you know, he's like, okay, well, here, let's, let's take a break. They decide to take a break. And who should walk right in but Elle, who has one of the best lines in the whole episode when she's just like, hey, girls. And... She goes to uh, fry the shit out of them. And, oh, what what was that? The eclipse is happening? Uh, yeah, nothing happens. But you better believe Noah has his gun and he doesn't need an eclipse to <laughs> fucking do anything with that. So he is ready. He's like, walk away now. Like, you get one chance. And Siler walks up and he doesn't realize that Elle couldn't do anything because he walks up from behind them. And uh, he can't do shit either. And oh my god. Okay. Remember how, like, I'm I'm very, like, um, I guess, like, Petlar in the streets. But, like, what, what would you call it? Soa? Sioa? 
Siler and Noah are everything, okay? <laughs> and this is, like, one of those scenes that's as important as anything to Siler's whole journey and to know, like, it just, oh, it just all led up to this so wonderfully. The minute Bennett realizes that Siler can't use his ability, he is on it. He immediately rushes him. He uses his fucking glass jaw against him. And he happily beats the shit out of him and dislocates his fucking arm in, like, a matter of moments. It is, like, a, a Tasmanian devil of, of you've had this coming coming from Noah Bennett to Siler. And in the wake of all this violence, Claire is just like, oh shit, you know, because Elle picks up the gun and she goes to try to help her dad and, you know, like prevent him from getting shot. She takes the bullet for him and we see Noah pick her up like in the drawing and carry her away as Siler and Elle are on the floor because Elle, Elle got knocked out as well for doing that. And Siler's hurt as shit and he, it's so telling that he crawls over to the gun. He picks it up. He totally had a shot. You can't tell me he didn't. And he didn't. He didn't shoot at him. Mm-hmm. And they leave. Uh, Noah and Claire leave. And Siler and Elle are on the floor. And they are just, like, wrecked. Doesn't he clock Elle with, like, a board? One of the boards? Yeah, yeah. He gets her with, like, a board, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, after after uh, she shoots Claire accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have taken a shot. The tsunami of violence that he <laughs> perpetrates against <laughs> uh, against Siler. Oh my god! Oh man! Now the arm dislocation is the most like oh <laughs> like like crack. Whoa! Yeah, you get you get like a, a real good like Quinto scream. You get everything. It has everything that scene. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh. We immediately go over to Noah busting into the Bennett house with Claire in his arms. And he goes to lay her on the couch. And Sandra's like, holy shit, we need to, like, call the hospital. We need to, like, you know, this is a 911 situation. We need to we need to not treat her here. But he's right. They have to report gunshot wounds. And what happens if her healing comes back? How are we going to explain any of that? So... He manages to convince her, you know, to go get the first aid kit, and they're going to try to take care of her there. He's like, it's a surface wound. We can deal with it. And uh, I-, I love her little, like, moment when she's talking to him where she's just like, you know, I never thought I could feel pain again, but I do. And it hurts. It sucks, but it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I-, I feel like a person again. And thank you for saving my life. And um, I-, I feel like the subtitle of the eclipse is, like, the humbling. Because, like, everybody gets humbled in this episode. So, one way or the other. So, at the moment, it seems like she will probably be okay. She just needs to be tended to. It's just a surface wound, right? It's fine. She'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure the the drawing was just him taking her out of the house. I'm sure it's not going to, like, mean anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway. Anyway. Back to the three chuckle fucks in a cornfield. The fucking cornfield. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like, all right, well, what do I do? I don't have powers anymore. And Harold's like, well, we, you got to do what we came here to do, which is to save Daphne. And of course, everything Hero says is being translated back to Matt through Ando. He's like, ah, this is part of the hero's quest. Can you triumph without powers? And Matt's like, what are you even talking about? And he's like, you must not doubt your mission. And Hero starts grabbing ears of corn and just chucking them at Matt. Just starts throwing them over and over at Matt. And he's like, you must not doubt your mission. Only you can stop the corn. Only <laughs> and Matt finally the catches corn. a corn. 
and like marches away from them to go up to the house. Oh my god. Uh, and like, you know, he's saying while he's like throwing, like, you'll get your powers back this way. It's kind of reminiscent of like Hero in season two with Kensei, like the training, but this 10 year old doesn't remember any of that. <laughs> yes. And he even says, Ando's like, where'd you get that? And he was like, it was in some like um, cartoon. Some anime that he'd watched. It was a samurai, like, uh, matinee. There you go. Yep. It was in some cartoon that he'd watched. And and I was like, okay, great, but well, what do we do now? And he's like, well, we're out of answers for this Ninth Wonders. We're at the end. <laughs> so that, that just means we have to find the next issue of Ninth Wonders, and we'll know what to do. So that's their new little quest for the moment. They have to go where the wise men gather. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that whole little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you let us know what Mohinder thinks he should do now that he's back to normal? And, and, uh, it's... I'm really getting annoyed by how the men are acting on this episode. Okay. To be fair, Mohinder has acted this way the whole season. Yeah. This has been on his mind the whole season, so we'll just... He doesn't get a, like, right turn pass right now, but he's still, he's acting a fool. Um, Yes. Mohinder is in complete remission right now. He's back to normal. And he doesn't know how or why, but he's got to study it further. But there's something he has to do first. And so he's on the computer and he types in where Maya is. (sighs) And he's like, I'm going to go see my girl. Even though she's like, "Um, I can't forgive you anytime soon. You need to stay the fuck back. And before he can do that, he is luckily stopped by Arthur and Flint, who are there. And Arthur's like, yeah, no, you're not going anywhere. You have to get the powers back. And Arthur's, like, upset about it, but you know who's real upset about it? Flint, who grabs and slams the window against the wall. Because without abilities, he's nobody. So that we're all going to stay here until Mohinder figures out a way how to get them back. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the, like, too big for their britches squad just getting pulled down a peg this episode. Like, Mohinder, Claire, Matt, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sure, Flint can't throw fire, but he can still push Mohinder around. <laughs> yeah! Like, <laughs> hey, Mohinder, do you remember what it's like to not have super strength? You're a puss. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. You're gonna get tossed around a bit, hon. Yeah, remember how Siler used to handle you? Wait, no, shit, we don't talk about that anymore. It's yeah, a bad pairing. Bad pairing. It's a bad pairing. <laughs> okay. I gotta remember, the show told me it's a bad pairing. Oh, bad anyway. pairing. <laughs> That's not a good pairing. <laughs> That's a bad pairing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, where do the wise men gather? The wise men gather at their local branch of Sam's Comics. Because that is where Hero and Ando have made their way to. The Sam's Comics in um, Lawrence, Kansas. And Hero's like, guess what, Ando? It's Wednesday. And you know what that means? <laughs> it's new comic day. Did I not totally, like, say that in the last episode when they were in the Japanese one? <laughs> you did. You did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy at the counter, and he's like, don't, like, as they're approaching, he's like, don't worry, we have enough Red Hulk for everyone. Which, again, you mentioned in the last episode of some of the comics that he was looking at. That was the Jeff Loeb one. Yeah. And as they're approaching the counter, the other guy there is like, hold up. And he picks up the Ninth Wonders and shows it to the other comic guy. And we see that the cover is them being, like, looking at Ando and Hero, who are looking at this comic, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and them being like, oh my god, dude, this is so awesome. Now, the comic guys 
are Sam and Freck, who we don't get their name in this episode, but they are played by Seth Green and Brecken Meyer. Which is awesome. Yeah, so those are our new couple new characters. It gives you, again, another glimpse at how fucking popular this show was that someone like Seth Green was like, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. Because they basically wrote it for them. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, uh, obviously they're, they're both actors in their own right, but they also are the creators of Robot Chicken. So, like, yeah. Which had several hero sketches on, I believe. It sure did, including a Siler one, which I should find and put on the... Um, on the on the Discord because it's pretty great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So again, like um, this not Isaac Mendez is still making Ninth Wonders <laughs> that are being shockingly accurate. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I uh, I didn't realize that Seth and uh, and Brecken happened so fucking soon. Same. I, like, I thought oh, it was wow. like a little later. Me too. Nope. Here we are. But yeah. Viva, Viva Sam's Comics, Viva New Comic Book Day. It's Wednesday, Ando. Mm-hmm. Yay. It's not. It's Monday. It always aired on Mondays. Um, yeah. It's a Sunday here, technically. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Sunday here right now. No, I know, but it was Monday for here. I know. Yeah, yeah it was Monday for Heroes. Yeah. And, but it's Friday when they're listening to this question mark? That's true. Oh, my God. Are we time travelers? Are we time travelers, Rachel? It's, it's Friday or whatever day they listen. Well, I guess that's true. We do get um, an interesting loyal spike on Mondays. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just blathering now. So... <laughs> take us to Haiti or wherever we are. Oh my god, I will take us back to Haiti. So the Haitian's there and he's leading Peter and Nathan to the jungle. And um, what the fuck did Nathan say where I told him not to be kind of racist? Um, whatever it was, I didn't write it down. <laughs> He said something to the Haitian, and I was like, don't be kind of racist in my notes, but then I didn't write down what it was. So, anyway. Um, they're going through there. Oh, um, yeah. He's like, obviously you're doing this. Like, you can you can cut it out. And the Haitian's like, I'm not responsible for your condition. Like, I can't do my thing either. They're just like, well, you know, we need to, we need to figure out what's going on. We, you know, we came here for you. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere until I stop. Uh, so it turns out that Baron Samdi is uh, the Haitian's brother. And he has Luke Cage powers. Um, he has impenetrable skin. He can be stabbed or shot at or what have you, and uh, doesn't doesn't penetrate his skin. And Peter's like, "Well, we can help you." Peter wants to help the Haitian, you know, stop his brother. And Nathan's like, "I'm just here to bring the Haitian back to Ma. Like that's the only reason I'm doing this." And Peter's like, "Look." Like, at least do this for selfish reasons if you're not going to do it for the right reasons, Nathan. Like, we have to help the Haitian before he'll leave with us. So, you know, we need to be part of this. And before they can get into it again, uh, they get fired at. And um, there's men with guns and Nathan uh, surrenders. And he can totally say that his name is Nathan and he's American and French. So, ooh la la to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur warned Baron Samdi that they were coming for him so god damn it arthur you're just like having all this information how do you have all this information huh it's almost like tracy's just straight telling him everything mm-hmm. and they pistol whip nathan and then they take him away and peter and the haitian they got away so now like great now they have to rescue nathan and stop baron samdi they have quite the uh agenda considering they both don't have powers that's really not good and pete's not going to get his back when the sun's uncovered so mm-hmm 
very dangerous for them right now, but you know, Peter, he'll fucking, he'll do it. <laughs> He's got so that he spirit. Yep. Can't take that away. He'll try to help no matter how. So yeah, way to go, Nathan. You got caught. <laughs> <laughs> way to fucking go. So going back to Claire and Noah and Sandra. So there's this great moment where Noah's cleaning off his glasses. And, you know, you get that little, like, kind of signature HRG, like, HRG shot mm-hmm. of the glasses. And he's holding them. And Claire seems to be doing pretty okay. And so he's like, all right. And they have, like, this really sweet, like, I love you, dad moment. And... He, when he, it's so great because he's like, he's a father in that moment. And when he puts them back on, he's HRG. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have a little music sting. He straightens his tie. It's like a whole thing. Because when he leaves that room, Sandra's like, Noah, don't you fucking leave. Don't you do it. You can't leave your daughter right now. She's scared and, she, and you know, she's confused. And, and he's like, you know, she's, she's doing fine. There's something I need to finish. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. HRG on the scene. He's gonna fuck up Siler even more <laughs> because he can. Mm-hmm. He knows that uh, whatever this is is probably temporary, and he has to get to Siler before his powers come back and the healing comes back and do what he's wanted to do for quite some time now. But I'm glad Claire's okay. I'm sure. I'm sure nothing will happen with that. I'm sure she's fine. Like clearly, she's just resting. There's no fever. She's fine. Yeah, she's yeah exactly. There's no fever. She's fine. It's okay. She made it through the woods, as they say. So, so Matt, huh? <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt. So we see... The fucking Mena heroes in this episode, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> no. So we see Daphne's dad leave the house. Drive off in his truck. And Matt walks out of the field to the house. And he knocks again and he says, I'm not leaving until you come out. And he also says he's never going to give up because he loves her. And she relents and she's like, the door's open. Come in. So he goes in and he doesn't see her right away. She's like, I don't, didn't want you to see me like this. And sure enough, she comes walking out of another room with crutches and leg braces. Oof. So, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't just some healthy girl who could suddenly speedster. No. Daphne had some problems. Yeah. There's some sort of like health thing going on there that without her ability is clearly debilitating so also why she probably held on to that like um race uh medal that was her most prized possession yep her track medal Mm -hmm. exactly it all makes sense it took a long time to get there but it all makes sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. god you remember the first time that it was just like daphne's like you know Oh, I can't go back to that kind of thing when Arthur's like, I can just take your powers away, burr, burr, burr. Like, yeah. It's a long road, but yeah, here we are. Um, Daphne is uh, very clearly needing her ability to come back. So I think they explain what it is in the next episode. They do. So. Because they actually, like, talk. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have that more information on what exactly yep. it is in the next episode. Yep. That's their cliffhanger, as mm-hmm. it were. Hey, so remember, like, Claire? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, She's totally fine. There's no fever. Yeah, Sandra's just bringing room. her in some, like, soup and stuff and then totally drops the plate because Claire's bleeding again and she looks real bad in Oof. bed right now. Yeah. So, yikes. Maybe Dad should have stayed. Shame on you, mm. Noah Bennett. 
Shame on you. Shame, shame. I'm doing little, little finger things. Mm-hmm. Shame, shame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But let me tell you something, Rachel. He couldn't stay because he's got something really important to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the Stephen Canfield house, Elle is being very company girl. And it's just like, oh, come on. And she's twisting his shoulder back into place. And we get an A-plus Quinto scream. Maybe one of the best ones until volume four. Um, or volume five. Volume five. And so <laughs> I had to think about the, you can cut it, but the, uh, the fuck. Mm, yeah, that's five. That's, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she fixes it. And she's just like, oh, shut up, you big baby. Because, you know, this is how her whole life has been. <laughs> like, you know, she, she, she hasn't had the luxury of just being like, oh, you're hurt, man. Like, she always had to just toughen up and, and get over it. So she fixes it. He can't TK. Oh, boy, that's not good. And they're like, well, shit, we're just human. And he says that, okay, so how Claire regained her ability to feel pain. So Siler's version of this is now he doesn't feel the hunger. Um, his fringe benefit, I guess, to not having powers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I haven't felt like this since I first met you. Like, where I felt like I didn't need to, like, do stuff. Like, I didn't need to prove anything. I didn't need to gain anything. And Elle brings up her guilt about pushing him in the first place. And she's just like, you know, we're both so powerless. We can't take what we want anymore. And he's like, says who? And then the music swells. And he pulls her in for a big old kissy. And uh, who's watching all of this unfold? But our dear, dear friend, um, Noah Bennett, who was watching them through the scope of a goddamn sniper rifle. TBC. To be continued. Oh, they're fucked. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They're really fucked. Yeah. Because Noah doesn't need powers to operate guns. Alright, let's uh let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Um So I've already talked about how L feels a little kinda like we overboard in this episode. A little OOC, if you will. And uh, Nathan and Peter's dynamic feels it out like a little bit. Like surely they've done that in the past as we've seen. But it feels like mm. such a, a twist from where we last saw them. In, like, the well, short... Well, like, no, because we saw them when he went to Peter's place. And sure, Nathan was, like, you know... Gonna, yeah. We saw them, like, yeah, when Peter, like, first lost yeah. his powers. And, like, there was a small conversation with Arthur that, you know, Nathan had. And his, like, life is shaken. But, like, the complete attitude change seems a little, like, from zero to ten. It does, but also, I get really grumpy on road trips. And could you imagine having someone holding on to your back for, like, several thousand miles? And then, like... He wasn't this grumpy with Matt Parkman. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm fucking with you. Um, yeah, it really does seem like... I know that a lot of things get accused of being written out of character uh, on this show, especially later on. But there's moments in this episode, for sure, where you're like, that's a choice. What are we doing? What are we trying to do here? This seems like a step backward. Or that seems like it came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. My theory is that we know they didn't have, like, a big plan. And before this episode, they decided, all right, here's what volume four is going to be. We have Mm. these many episodes to get them into the place for volume four. And that is why we are seeing certain characters veer into position for our last Mm -hmm. blast before we get into volume four, Mm -hmm. is my guess. Which, Which makes sense, because, yeah, if you think about, just based on what little I can remember from... um, our Father and Duel, the last two episodes after the Eclipse two-parter of this volume, uh, 
yeah, it's all very much zero to 60. Now we're at 60. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into Fugitives, like you said. Which I don't think means that, like, Fugitives is unbelievable. I don't I don't think so. I just think that uh, they have, I don't know, it, It's they certainly take out the middle part of zero to 60, don't they? They don't really hit, like, 30, you know? And then, and then build their way to 60. Mm-hmm. Like... It just goes like boom to boom. Like as we And if they would have hit more of a thirty, I think it would have worked better. As we've said in our bonus episode, we don't we we are we stand by that Nathan Petroli was always this way. A hundred percent. But yeah, it feels like like we missed a little middle there. Like we could have spent yes. a little time elsewhere to build up slightly more to like the, you know, rare. And maybe this is them yes. thinking this is thirty. Maybe this is them thinking this is thirty. That is a good point because it really goes there in those last two episodes, especially in the um, the big, big moment in the um, volume finale between the Petrelli brothers. Mm-hmm. So, But again, you know, it's like I've said from the start, um, this show has always felt like a comic book, you know, to me. And that when different writers take on a series, it feels different. So each volume kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, here's the core of a character, but then also this writer decides that they're going to do this whereas this other writer decides they wouldn't do this but they'll do this so because i wonder it's interesting i wonder too if it's the writer of this episode that put l back in that direction kind of oh yeah who who wrote this one find out (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna look on my phone right now talk amongst yourselves because like Um, sure matt was being like ugh, like that's not cute but like it was within his stuff that he's been doing this whole freaking volume which, as we know, I'm really over. Mm-hmm. So. Hero and Ando were I, I same like same as they've been. Siler was pretty consistent oh, yeah. with what he's been. Like, he's on a journey right now. Yeah, he's just... This is his whole fucking bit. This is, like, identity crisis. That's who his... That's who he is. That's his whole story, mm-hmm. really. So... Oh, interesting. It's written by people we usually really like. Mm-hmm. Not saying we don't like them, but choices are made um it's a it's an aaron colette and uh joe pekaski episode interesting isn't it though i wouldn't have said that interesting well yeah here let's i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna see who wrote part two now to be fair it's been like because we recorded the last two episodes together so it's been two weeks since we've gotten together and watched an episode um and to be double fair if I wasn't so lazy and not wanting to do this for 10 hours, we probably should have done them together because they really are one long episode. Um, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, you're right. We have been away from it for a minute, but um, it's uh, it's interesting. Well, it's like, okay, so shit. And then you really have to be like, okay, have Coletti and Pekowski written L before? Mm-hmm. Like, that would matter. Um, the Nathan thing, I definitely feel like it's what you said, the 0 to 60, but I also agree with what you said where they, maybe they think this is 30. Yeah. It doesn't feel like 30, but maybe they think it is because of where 60 leads us. So, Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, have, I, have a, I, have a, I have a ponderance for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel about the eclipse being made literal? And not just symbolism and part of, like, the branding of the logo. Um, it, it's it's interesting for them to have done this in a post-Lost space. Mm-hmm. Where Lost became, you know, people were very, like, 
everything has to mean something, and this has to be part of the bigger mystery, otherwise it's just fucking around. Do you think Heroes was influenced by that and just being like, well, I guess we should make the eclipse mean something? It's interesting. Like, have we, haven't we seen another eclipse in between, like, one and two? Or in, like, one and three? Like, I know we had one um, in feudal Japan when Hero first got there. Yes. Which has implications that that set off a whole group of people. Yes. Um, but have we had any in this time now? in between because then you have to suppose that that's actually what's happening with the people who were born with it Mm -hmm. um is that it's somehow activating them which they never get into um so and yet it seems like it isn't quite like and what what is pushing like the different waves of people to be activated at different times yeah it's see that's the thing is like that's that's my question should they have left it symbolism and branding or should they or should they have gone down this road that they kind of went down where they tried to make it literal. Because it will, like, even in this episode, Peter said the first time we flew, it was an eclipse. It, that is a lie. Yep. He flew out of the car when Heidi, when the car crashed. Yep. It was not an eclipse. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Is there just some other weird phenomenon happening? And it is, as Mohinder said, it could just be a coincidence. Is this particular... But then it takes powers... Yeah. But then it takes powers away, which means that it has to be linked. Like, that's that's always been my thing, is it's like, maybe the eclipse can cause people to manifest. I'll go in for that. A certain group of people, maybe. But not all people. But not all people. And then, when it actually removes the abilities of our entire cast, which we see, it's not just some people, mm-hmm. um, and it's people who all manifested at different times, or who were not born with it, um... Because Nathan wasn't born with his ability, as we're made very clear in this in this season. It was given to mm-hmm. him. So it doesn't matter if you were born with it or not, because the clips can take them away. Mm-hmm. So this is me this is my long way of saying I feel like they should have just kept it a brand a branding logo. <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 they shouldn't have tried to make it mean something. I feel like much like our other chagrin in the um six months ago part two, because I can't remember the regular episode name. Um, villains. It's just villains. In villains, when the villains they had HRG get into Mohinder's car. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, the timeline was kind of tight, guys. Maybe you need your freaking Bible for your series so you can look back and be like, oh, we shouldn't do this. And I feel like at some point, yes. they attempted to do that later, but I don't think they had it at this point. And they were just like, we'll just do this, because this is cool and awesome. Even though, like yeah. you said, they're running alongside Lost, which is a series that people like paid a ton of attention to all those little details because they thought they would mean something. And they not only thought they would mean something, they demanded that they mm-hmm. mean something. So I think they were concerned about having the eclipse not mean anything if they were going to use it in a storyline. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. So it's like, okay, well, it doesn't seem to matter if you're born with an ability or if it was given to you, they were taken from everyone when this eclipse happened. When the eclipse goes away, spoiler, everyone's fine who had a power before it. But then it's just like, okay, but well then what are the rules here? What kind of eclipse does it have to be? Is it only certain times? Like what, what is going on to, to make this a thing? And aside from the implications, I think people brought up from the very beginning that like an eclipse isn't going to look the same everywhere in the world. Yeah, that fucking too. Um, which, yeah, they they definitely make a big a big uh, show about all all of them being in America, don't they? Mm-hmm. And this so, eclipse yeah. seems like it lasts a long, a long ass time. time. Yeah, 
Which I don't know. Like I guess I guess I'm just saying. Like I feel like they should have not done that. Like I don't know. They they could have found another way. So, but this, that's the thing, right? It's like they wanted to tell stories about these people without their powers for a minute, mm-hmm. and to see what that looks like now that they've seen the top of the mountain, as mm-hmm. it were. But it's like I don't know. They could have figured out another way of doing it. Because I don't like them using the eclipse to do it. It doesn't work. No, I don't know. That's just that's just my thought on uh, that. Uh, them using this as their like their little like Deus Ex Machina to get them all powerless and to see what happens. It's like I don't completely hate it, but I don't think they handled it the right way. Yeah, I don't hate it because I like the stories. It gives us the chance to see. I like everybody being on a level playing field of normality. Um, but yeah, it uh, it's it's yeah, it's not it's not fully thought out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's like when you turn in homework and the teacher's like incomplete. <laughs> like you had something, but you didn't quite finish it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Show your sources. <laughs> <laughs> Show your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you know, overall, um, definitely some interesting stuff in this episode. I'm excited for part two. Part two, I think, is much better than part one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. It's it's got the Siler Noah moment of the millennium in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get your box cutters ready. Um, yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah. What they could be like opening up a, a small like shipping and receiving business together. You don't know what that I mean, means. Yeah, he joins the paper company. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So. Um, Eclipse part one. Woo. That's that was the episode. Um shall we get into our socials? Yeah, let's do it. Alright. So if you wish to follow us on the old Twitter machine, um we are Eclipsed Podcast, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I hadn't loaded my Twitter yet. Yeah, yes. we are at Eclipse um, Podcast. Yeah. We are at Eclipse Podcast on Twitter. Um if you wish to follow our individual accounts. Um, Rachel is at uh, that burb there, burb with a B, like, Bridget, we're almost done with the volume, we get a new B soon, I hope you're excited. Mm. Um, um, I am at Lady underscore Snark. Rachel, what you been tweeting about lately? Nothing. God damn. <laughs> I actually have, so, like, a little bit. What have you been tweeting about? Uh, how hot Timothy Oliphant is on The Mandalorian. <laughs> that is fact. Mm-hmm. A couple movies I watched lately. Oh, and I made my horror movie tier. So if you like horror movies, I did a 31 Days of Horror uh, tier maker list thingy that I tweeted about. And uh, it was fun to do. And now I want to rank everything. I want to rank hero stuff on this on this fucking tier maker thing. And I'll figure <laughs> out a way to do it. Because they're very fun. Oh, man. <clears throat> we yeah. could do it together and then screen record it as we're discussing it and putting them in the tiers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking would be fun. I don't know what we would do it with, though, that would have, like, more than a few things. Because we already know how we feel about our volume rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only five volumes. We just do characters, so. I think. Yeah. Oh, just, like, ranking the characters Characters just for in one. General. We could do one for episodes. We could do for, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah. So, look forward to that, because I think that'd be fun mm-hmm. to do. Uh, if you wish to email us, we are eclipsepod at gmail.com. But the best way to come say hi and to hang out with us is to join our Discord. We have a Discord server. The link uh, for it will be in our show notes. 
I think that pretty much does it, yeah? I think so. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, when this comes out, it'll be one full fucking year that we've done this podcast. Which is mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. Rachel and I are the are the queen and queen of fucking starting things and not finishing them. So, like, <laughs> and I'm mostly putting myself on blast here. But yes, we've had a blog together. We've done lots of uh, endeavors together. This is the longest lasting one, and I'm really proud of mm-hmm. us. So, yeah, we did it. Yeah, yes. And there's plenty more to come. Oh my god, yes, yeah. We uh, we have the end of the villains volume. We have fugitives, which. Man, if you thought these these villains episodes were getting long, I fucking love Fugitives. It's my favorite volume. <laughs> it's it's all the good shit. So, you know, mm-hmm. hang on for that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us. If you listen to us on your podcast app of choice, uh, feel free to give us a review or a subscribe or a comment. Um, we're, we're on Pandora now, which is cool because it took forever and they didn't tell me they approved us. So that's cool. If you listen to your podcast on Pandora, you can listen to us now and there. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Next time on Eclipsed. There's still an eclipse. Peter and Nate are in the jungle. Siler now. Well, that is bungled by HRG. Say it with me now. HRG. He already had got a pickup issues. Claire Bear's dying. Go grab your tissues. What's going to happen when there's still an eclipse? Here on Eclipsed. <laughs> <laughs> oh.